Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Bostecue. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame, and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hey, wonderful ones. It's our 199th episode. Christ. So I am talking to a man this week who's an absolute clever clogs about the environment, an actual sort of official academic clever clogs, but also a professional, very funny comedian called Matt Winning. Um, Yeah, he's an academic wizard about the environment. So we got deep into eating in the climate change avoidant way um, or ways, um, whilst also having a very big laugh. He has got a new witty, hopeful um, and practical and important book out um, all about climate change called Hot Mess. Thanks for listening to Hoovering. Um, Spread the word about it along with a bit of Christmas cheer. I don't think we'll be doing much getting off under the mistletoe this year, will we, with the old Covid? So I reckon instead just sort of text someone, have you ever heard of a podcast called Hoovering? Because they can't give anyone any pandemics with that. Um, do give the podcast a five star review wherever you got it from subscribe to it it helps other people find it if you've got spare dosh knocking about go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod and you will see brilliant things I'll swap you in exchange for as little as two quid a month Honers Clubs and Bill Murray Previews are things coming up to tell you about in January, February and March actually uh, in North London the opposite end of London to where I live um, 
I am running lots of new material nights. I run a new material night called Honers Club. It's in Camden. There's one in January, one in February, three in March. They're all where I'm going to be doing a full preview of my new show, Wench. And I'm going to be joined by brilliant other comedians there. Some so famous, I can't say who they are. Um, But others include Izzy Sooty, Mark Watson, Sophie Duker. We're going to have a absolute gas and it's only six quid in or if you want to just see me come and do a preview of wench you don't want to be out for the whole night but you're prepared to spend an hour with me while i work together what will eventually become a new show but for now with some thoughts and jokes in a row um come and see me preview wench at the bill murray comedy club in angel it's such a cool little space um and i've just booked a bunch of dates in there in january and in february i would love to see you at one of those also we've got a hoovering live in the diary lads saturday the 5th of february at 5 30 p.m we're having a pizza party as part of the leicester comedy festival if you're a patron who's kind enough to wang the podcast a fiver a month you've already got a discount code for that waiting for you in your patreon inbox uh, links to everything I've just mentioned and also to everything interesting that Matt and I talk about in this podcast are as ever in the podcast notes I spend a long time on those putting links in and capitalising stuff so do use them If, uh, for example he mentions an alcoholic beverage called Tia Maria which I hadn't thought about for about 15 years if you've never heard of that I've put a link in ok let's get into it Matt and I hoovered over Zoom because carbon reduction wise it would be slightly batshit to have hoovered any other way right (laughs) i drove five hours to wales to talk to matt anyway yeah we hoovered over zoom because he's an environment saver and um we both had lunches which were made up of foods which were about to become dreaded waste i've made it sound disgusting rest assured my lunch was as you'll hear fucking delicious so i haven't read it all yet i've just read oh no worries yeah yeah. the food stuff in it because yeah. it was relevant for this. Yeah, of it's course. It's made me very excited to read the rest. Also, I'm such a nerd that not starting with the beginning of a book in itself <laughs> gave me a half a moment. I was like, who is this new rebel, rebel bastard? Cool bitch. Just starting a book from the end. I'm just going to open up chapter 18. Well, I can't remember what chapter is. and yeah. just fucking go from there. Yeah. Quite far in. Um, so it's all, it's called Hot Mess. And it... F- from what I've read so far is a really funny, light-hearted, but also packed with information take on um, the state of climate change, but also just practical, realistic ways we can genuinely make a difference. Yeah. And must. <laughs> and must, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lovely. So we've gone with that in mind for, we're having, we haven't gone anywhere. We've stayed at home mm-hmm. for the climate. We're doing this on, Zoom. yeah. And so, had the most waste, because it does feel like the number one thing to do climate wise eating i think a lot of people think it's cut out all meat and dairy but actually waste avoiding even is, more handy it's it's i wouldn't say it's more handy but i would say it's much easier to do <laughs> yeah that's true uh, and it's still pretty big it's not like it's not both of them are fairly large yeah. in terms of what you could do as an individual like basically mm-hmm. changing what you're eating and not wasting what you're eating so it's not like yeah. we're not we're not telling people like you need to eat loads less although maybe you know you know for, from a health different bits of the world and stuff exactly like that. yeah it's yeah like yeah what's become a normal portion size in america so it's just bigger than everywhere else yeah so it, it count, accounts for, for about uh i think 
estimates suggest something like 8% of global emissions is just food waste. Wow. So like you could easily, if we just didn't make stuff that we don't eat, then yeah. you, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're do, you know, you're already kind of off to a fine start. So, so, and and I think the figure that I quote in the book that that's banded about is that thirty percent of all food produced worldwide is just just goes to waste. Yeah, so that's like a almost a third of but everything the food produced doesn't end up. Yeah, being eaten, which is, ma- is it's mad. Absolutely well, batshit. Yeah. And I think the other thing people assume a lot is that it's um it's the manufacturers and supermarkets etc that are causing most of the waste but the bit that actually i was like whoa because i think i'd thought that a little bit like there's only so much you can do but of course you can do more but what impact is it going to have but it also says that half half of um food waste in europe is done in the household yeah so that is exactly that's 50 percent of it impact we could be making if we ate more ate more um Oh, didn't waste so much in the house. So, what have you got for lunch? I have to. I've seen a photo of it, and it's more. It is more um, photogenic than mine. You think? Mine's very yeah. red. It's a very red meal that I've red. got. Gone for a, you haven't got the full rainbow there. You've gone red and brown. I didn't have any greens left. <laughs> I have uh, got in terms of trying to. Well, the problem is. Yeah. My wife did the waste like cooking all the stuff that might run out mm-hmm. two days ago and I hadn't told her that this is what I was going to do for the <laughs> so she did a really good uh, like veggie uh, you know meal with lots of uh, noodles and stuff like that like mm-hmm. a kind of stir fry basically yeah. carrots and stuff really tasty we had that on Saturday mm-hmm. and then I went oh I, I was supposed to do this for for you like two days later yeah hadn't remembered so I, I scrambled about trying to find what i could get mm. so there are leftover mashed potatoes from last night that i made oh, yes which are great so i decided i'm gonna go with that i'm gonna go with a beyond meat sausage lovely which yes, is like a, a vegan uh the burgers are even better but the sausages are actually pretty good i really okay, like them great have you had I, a richmond meat free I've not tried the Richmond ones yet. Are they good? I think they've changed the game. Right. They're the closest thing. You can possibly get. I'll need to try them. Now that I've had that, I don't understand why I'd ever need to have a normal sausage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There are certain things you like. Ikea meatballs. Went to Ikea recently and was like, that's the same. I don't believe, given a taste test, that anyone would be able to tell the difference between... yeah. And, 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 you know, I think a lot of people are sort of these, obviously they're quite processed taste sort of yes, stuff, of but I ab- still absolutely love that stuff. Me like, too. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, yeah. that's, that is 100% aimed at me. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> is it, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to start learning completely brand new recipes to yeah. cook how I think about cooking from scratch? Or am I just going to replace what I already have with something that's sort of, the same in my opinion most of the time um so yeah i think it's going to be the rest of my life i think the rest of my life is going to be a process of learning it's very slowly learning how to cook differently yeah okay because i the the thing i am best at cooking is is meat like right. I'm really, I'm just, Shit. I'm like one of these classic, like, <laughs> damn it. But yeah. Okay. And, I, and I'm trying to sort of 
move I guess move away from that yeah. as much as I possibly can and, and have done and it's been uh, yeah so much easier when I'm like oh what's that a vegan burger that's really yeah. good oh, I might just cook us some nice burgers tonight then yeah <laughs> lovely yeah it's tricky isn't it I am um, I've had lots of different phases which anyone who's listened to this podcast for the whole nearly four years it's been going well be fully conversant in i started as pretty much vegan and then it's been a steady mm. moral decline matt as the time's <laughs> gone on but i have over time i do prefer if i'm going to eat completely a vegan meal then i i would prefer to have like less processed stuff and i'm really into like pulses and lentils and dolls and things like that but my missus is a vegetarian and doesn't like she's like oh god about lentils which i fully get like they smell of Mm -hmm. brighton and they like (laughs) do you know like that kind of hempy kind of like slops it's like no i get it i do get it um she's just not into that. and she would much rather have like a corn mozzarella pesco escalop yeah. <laughs> any day over a yeah over something sort of very wholesome and beansy yeah oh, the, the whole beans things <laughs> i mean i feel like again it's something that i could get into a bit but i'm not gonna yeah. like you get people that are like a hundred percent beans that's what yeah. they're that's what they're doing you can smell them coming yeah and yeah. and it's fine but I just I couldn't make that who I am no I don't think I can make that who I am when it comes down when it boils down to a matter of identity yeah. maybe one day we'll see so I've got well, no you didn't finish saying I didn't finish beans. yet so Sorry, I've got beans. beans so basically I've got ma- bangers and mash and beans nice. and a very sad looking red pepper that was Aww. going off and I was like well you're going in as well here because yeah what did it, you do with it just fry her up a bit yeah just fried her with yeah. the sausage what I would have what I would have liked is a different coloured one, so the, the preferably green, so that there was something touched upon your rainbow today. But it's very much a red pepper, red beans, a sort of black and red sausage, and some <laughs> yellowy grey leftover mashed potatoes. <laughs> you um, you stuck to the brief. You know, it was that pepper that needed eating. So it needed done. And normally we have quite a lot of it, like green veg. Like our, we've got a veg drawer that's not like pretty full. Yeah, and I was like, great that's what I'm going to use for this and then I looked at at it yesterday and went we've used it all (laughs) we're recording on a Monday and I get a a veg and fruit and veg box I do get more fruit and veg than that but I get one called odd box who use up yeah stuff that's either been rejected from the supermarket nice because it's surplus or it's the wrong shape or size um and I don't I quite like it being a surprise what's in there but I thought anything off there would have been fair game to use today for mine that's um, very true and I do love I think there's something really satisfying about using up a, a, a pepper that's gone quite leathery <laughs> because it just you feel like a really big brave soldier whereas I, I've got a very unphotogenic lunch but it's delicious like I don't feel like I've oh, sacrificed nice. anything my missus got a curry on Saturday night takeaway which I didn't partake in because I'm not afraid to say I'd passed out at 8pm on the sofa. <laughs> yeah. um, so she ordered enough in case I woke up. So there was a whole curry left over. So I've got, it's called wow. Akahara and it's got, it's definitely got green beans, carrots, tomatoes, sweet corn, onion. I think there's potato in there and it's quite mild, but really delicious. And wow. actually two days on for a cup mm. from cooking for me is the Perfect. sweet spot. Like it could, it's actually yummier than when she had it. I don't so think I've, I've ever managed to last two days. 
Okay. With, you, you know, it's normally like the yeah. next day you're like, I'm going to, this is great. I'm going to tag yeah. this. But I'd do it for breakfast, would you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would, yeah. I would do it for breakfast. I'm um, really shocking my younger sister when she saw me having a takeaway curry for breakfast the next day. She's like, what, what are you doing? I was like, no, yeah. this is allowed. The only meal that's not allowed for breakfast, I'd say, is soup. <laughs> you think? I did um, try it once and I felt sad. I, th- I don't think there's anything that isn't allowed for breakfast. Okay, okay. Here we go. Well, you're a truer warrior than me. And um, I've put on top of the curry purely because it needed eating up and also I think it's I find it delicious and I know it's good for your gut and everything some just natural Greek yogurt because we're talking on the 6th of December and it officially went off on the 2nd of December brilliant and it absolutely is fine great 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 it's in a small sealed pot um, and it's fine and now here's the bits where I start to make a bit of a sacrifice is instead of cooking rice, which would be the natural thing to have with a curry, I've used up the crusty end of a dying loaf of bread. So I'm having toast and curry. I think that is a genius idea. <laughs> Thank you. It's actually going really well. You'd have naan bread, so why not have... Um, exactly. What was it? Like a malted sourdough loaf? <laughs> <laughs> rice is actually a lot worse for the planet than most people imagine yeah talk to me talk to me i mean i don't know quite enough about it but because they sit in like wet Mm. fields like paddy fields Mm -hmm. uh there's like a methane i think it's methane emissions that come off of that that are like a cow's but yeah so the it's really quite bad in terms of what you would imagine rice being as as an impact compared to say like pasta so i i try and always eat pass it over rice if I possibly really? have the choice between the two or bread as you're doing just now bread yeah bread. but rice my son seems to really love rice and he also mm. really loves Greek yogurt as well we get through just like he just eats oh. like tubs of the stuff so <laughs> yeah Greek yogurt and and uh, rice have become quite a, a staple of our household and I spend a lot of my time cleaning both of those things off of oh, the, f- yeah. the floor the floor oh crumbs it's mm. enough to- how old is your son now he's he's, like uh, he's, ter- he's 15 months oh yeah. really fun but also really difficult age to parent I would say yeah uh, <laughs> yeah very messy age very messy um, age very yeah. much if he's not happy with something he likes to th- throw it Throwing is the thing that he's found recently. So very much of a, yeah, I'm going to take this. If I want this, I'm going to keep it and kind of tease you with it. And if I don't want this, I'm going to lob it at you. Got it. There's one more element to my lunch. Oh, great. I don't know if I'm going to brave it. We'll see if we get that far. But there was... I'm going to show you it because I want some sympathy. A really tired section of grapefruit. Oh. It's been sat in the fridge for a good few days. It's gone quite... um, (laughs) sturdy. Wow. (laughs) The the outer segments. Yeah. The problem here is I don't really like grapefruit. I I did... I'm with you. ...in the odd box. Yep. I find them... um, Punitive. <laughs> I, I don't. I like bitter things, and I'm not that into really sweet things. So I should like them. Um, 
And I, every time one turns up in my life, uninvited always, I will give it another go just in case because I think it's so interesting how much your taste buds change over the course of your life. Yeah. Um, I'm with you though. I'm, I think we've, we're pretty much in agreement on everything thus far because grapefruit, yeah. I don't know when you're supposed to have it. People have yeah. it for breakfast. We're talking about breakfast before. People have it for breakfast. I, I don't yeah. get that. What a way to start the day. Jesus, that is a horrible way to start your morning. Yeah. I am. Um, my son asked to try it because it looks like an orange. He's six now, yep. mine, and he was so. I mean, I love it that he wants to try it, and his l- face. Mm. And um, but he kept it together, like he really kept it together. And I went, "Do you do you think you're going to ask to try that again?" And he just sort of very sort of went, "No, <laughs> no, never again." Okay. okay. Never speak of this again. That's good. He's yeah, trying. It was. <laughs> Is this a trauma response? <laughs> but um, yeah, I want to talk about because your book is also so hopeful. It's all full of all these like incredible statistics, but there's also so much useful, just practical stuff. And I think you know we're in the run up to Christmas, which I do. I want to talk about your Christmas eating. Yeah. Why not? Um, But I really want to know. I mean, Christmas, actually, I feel like increasingly in terms of the media output for Christmas, waste reduction does come into it a lot. I mean, ultimately, it's a time of indulgence, but it does seem to be like there's nothing you cook at Christmas that there isn't brilliant, massive recipes free on the Internet for what to do with your leftovers. Um, So actually, I feel like, I don't know, weirdly, that's not a time where I worry too much about waste, but just in terms of practical ways in which people can reduce waste there are like obviously the bougie privileged ways like you know buying organic or stuff Mm. that's not in packaging um getting a fancy fruit and veg box from some kind of nice little niche bougie farm supplier which is all good and well if you can afford it do do it but ultimately i think it's really it is also interesting and good to talk about um, the far more accessible ways yep. of reducing waste, even just in your household. Yeah, yeah. So let's go. We can take turns. I mean, the main thing is freezer using your freezer. Right. Is is yeah. is just you know if if you have stuff left over, or if you make loads of stuff, freeze it. Yeah. And the pl- freezing and planning ahead. Yeah. And I'm I'm getting there very slowly. Mm-hmm. And that's only really from now having a very small child and actually having yeah. to think about the yeah. week ahead a bit more. Yeah. Um, so, the, I mean, the first thing to say is, yeah, no, absolutely nobody's perfect. And never beat yourself up about it and never be like, yeah. well, I didn't do it this one time. That's it, over. Like, yeah. You know, it, it's always like, well, you try next, you know, try again. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think just if you can plan ahead and you can freeze big batches of stuff it's absolutely the way to go the difficulty then is like you need you almost need um little holders i guess it feels like more plastic and stuff doesn't it but you need stuff that's the right size so that you're like well this is one portion or this is two you know so again it's quite a lot of planning to do but there are things you can use I stick my Tupperwares in the freezer mm-hmm. and just don't yeah, fill them yeah, up yeah. too high because yeah. it'll expand a bit. So you can use your Tupperwares in there. Absolutely. And I know it's plastic, but there's so many uses you can get out of it. If you do get a takeaway, 
you can keep the um, the, the trays that they come in the yeah. and put them in the freezer again and again with different stuff inside it. Absolutely. And that's one thing that always feels like a, pr- a big waste is when you do get takeaways that you're like, oh, this is coming in another box yeah. of another thing that I like. Yeah, I've got. I've just, I've just got rid of the last one. <laughs> yeah, and it, t- and I tell you what, and it does also feel like this again. The more money you've got to spend on the fancier takeaway, the more likely it is to come in cardboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a bit of vicious circling there, but also I think another really good one that saves money is really I and I. So my partner really doesn't like eating out of date stuff, or she's in fairness got actual ocd <laughs> and it's in the and the one of the ways in which like a you know a, a dip that's been dipped in by too many people too many times stuff like that whereas i'm a complete trollop and go fully the other way so i feel like i do spend quite a lot of my life eating way out of date stuff just yep. so that it doesn't but also i'm never ill um and so i think even if you're like no no if it says it's gone off it's gone off be mindful that there's a really big difference between on some things there's a display until yep. followed by a best before followed by a use by yeah. and actually best before doesn't mean use by yeah it means recommended check it yeah so i got today and this is what i mean in terms of saving money um i bought two boxes of eggs both were half price and eggs are quite spendy at, mm-hmm. at the moment I think especially if you want like nice ones like Bertha Browns or any of those fancy pants ones with a golden yolk or whatever um, they were half price even though they were because they were display until today but they're best before 13th so you've got another week yeah. a whole week I'll get through those in the next three or four days yeah. so I don't even have to and then even then they're probably fine beyond that if you keep yeah. them in the fridge absolutely and I think it's a weird kind of societal thing isn't it it's yeah. sort of like we you know, the, the people who are spending the extra money on the veg boxes are slightly at times looking down on people for buying stuff that's, you know, maybe just about to go out of oh, date yeah. or best before. And you're like, well, actually, they are doing they're doing the same thing you're doing. The same with thing, your box. you know. It's so, just people are yeah. doing what they're what is within their capabilities within their you know so it's really just about finding what yeah you know you as an individual um have the capacity to to do in that sense i agree and you mentioned some really good apps in your book that Mm. i hadn't heard of i've used uh, one called too good to go which um tells you sort of local places i'm not sure exactly how wide ranging it is i've Mm. i I work or certainly did before covid regularly in central london now from time to time and it'd be quite good at going and getting stuff that was basically about to go out of date Mm. or like lunches that uh you know later in the afternoon so at three o'clock you could go and pick up a lunch from somewhere that was like then half price or whatever, and then you can have that later on in the day. So I, I started using that a bit. Um, have you ever managed to hit up an Itsu mm-hmm. within the last half hour? Some of them do it, and so I've I found that most, the, some places do, but the one that was always near my work never seemed oh. to do it because I think bastards. It, I'm sure it was always really annoying, Just but I have that. done it once or twice, and it was oh yeah. You know, what a feeling! Pick so basically, up. the last half hour before they close in some of their bigger branches, all the cold sushi is half price. Oh my god, stuff of dreams! Great we days. Can take it home and have it tomorrow. Yep. Great days. So yeah, no, that sort of thing is really, really great as well. But as you say, it's 
it's like you can pick stuff up and it depends what it is obviously yeah. some stuff's more risky than others in terms of go, going off sushi being up there I suppose sushi yeah, yeah. yeah. never been ill no no I, I don't think I, I, don't, I think I've only ever had food poisoning once in my life and it was a, a burger from a oh. university <laughs> like you know, union or something like a, yeah, d- a okay. decade or more ago. Yeah. I think that's it. I think it's the only time I've ever had food poisoning. I had it when I was a teenager because my aunt had got us, she'd been to Cornwall and she brought us some Cornish pasties and mum put them in the freezer, not having realised they'd already mm-hmm. been frozen. Right, right, right. And um, we both got really ill then, but that was a long, long time ago. Um, although a few years after that, mum did admit she did worry that we were maybe going to die. Um, <laughs> fun um thanks for not saying it at the time um and then more recently really recently i had an oyster at a party and i thought oh oh um and i had a nearly 48 hours later i had one terrible day mm-hmm. but i've since learned because i investigated if anybody else at the small bash got ill didn't hear back and then later the friend said oh no 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 they did. a handful of people did but what they think had happened is because some people did get ill who didn't have an oyster and some people had loads of oysters and didn't get ill mm-hmm. etc that um somebody had attended the party whose partner had the tail end of norovirus yeah that sounds so we might have all just got a little yeah that sounds norovirus. much more likely yeah I love oysters, by the way. Great. I love oysters. And I'm so relieved I had a bit of norovirus and not oyster. Yeah, because you don't want to put off that for the rest of your life. I don't. I love them too much. I'm glad you love them too. They're quite good, aren't they, climate-wise? Yeah. I mean, fish, there's different levels, but obviously you have to go out and um, collect fish, often using boats that are run on fossil fuels. But... You know, you're not feeding, you're not growing lots of plants and other things to feed fish the same yes. way that you are with lots of meat, you know, and you're not taking up, I guess, land that humans could otherwise use. It's in the yeah. sea anyway, you know, it's sort of already happened. So, yeah, I mean, I think oysters are pretty, pretty good. Um from my climate perspective you had a really nice bit in that I really loved in the book because I felt like oh god I felt that um, <laughs> and I had a really nice bit of confirmation bias mm-hmm. where um, as much as it feels like pretty obvious if anyone's ever done any l- looking into the impact of especially cows but meat growth for the growing population of humans it's unsustainable for us to keep eating the amount of meat and fish that we're eating at this point if population is going to keep growing at this point isn't it something like in the next 30 years we'd have to how make as much food as we've made in all of history again yeah basically be- between the turn of the century and 2050s for the over the first co- the course of the first 50 years of of this century we have to produce because of the growing population roughly about it's not uh, bang on but it's roughly about the same as has ever been produced in the history of humankind <laughs> so it's so much food it's a lot of food so and food. you know well, obviously we've got much better at growing food and other things but then we're also doing that at the same time as altering the world's climate yeah so you know it would be a difficult thing to do without climate change but the whole yeah. point is just to say you know you're trying to do something that that's sort of stretching human capacity while 
making it all much less, uh, much harder for us to actually achieve that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's bizarre, a tricky one. Um, but again, yeah, not hopes like the it, the massive dent that you can make in things by even quite small changes. And the other thing I I, I you were saying in there, there are documentaries. There's some very famous Netflix yeah. documentaries, and in the one hand. I think you make the point which they've been kind of a lot of the information in those films has been debunked I mean it's just not accurate it's kind of fairly sort of like overinflated um and it's it I think it's what a lot of um you know it's do- they're documentary makers what's mad is that now we live in a world where people are so distrusting of the actual news this must be so infuriating for an academic like oh, that we get our news now from documentaries who are under no moral obligation to have told you the truth anyway yeah. they're making a piece of art that is allowed to be entirely designed to sway you to their opinion without any they're not beholden to anything legally they can put out information without it's not like a court of law a government a news outlet who are under a moral obligation if not a legal one to not sell you to not tell you to, to any lies and madly we believe these Netflix documentaries like Cowspiracy and Seaspiracy even though they're kind of full of shit and I, as as I say all that, part of me also thinks, oh, does it matter if they're full of shit if it makes people eat a bit less meat and fish? Yeah, or which it is... sways someone who was like, oh, fuck vegans. Yeah, yeah. Which is, qu- is clearly... A bit more conscious thinking when it comes to how they choose to eat. Yeah, I mean, I think that's clearly what... Uh, I mean, obviously, I don't know these people, so I can't say that for them, but that's yeah. clearly their point, I think, is more like, yeah. we, whatever we can do to sway people, we're achieving, you know... <laughs> Mm. we're achieving the goals that we want to achieve but at the same time you know how you do that then affects the overall discourse about you know how where do you as you say where do you get your news from where do you get your yeah. information from and then we're you know i'm getting I, it from your new book so but it's kind of the same it's the same as what you my book is the same as what <laughs> they're doing it's just yeah. hopefully mine are backed up with <laughs> facts because i'm an academic i feel like i can't completely bullshit all the time yeah yeah yeah. but it's the same thing because it is really effective at getting people engaged so what you do is you entertain them and you make you give them a narrative and you give them a story and that way people are actually like oh i'll listen to the and they'll come out with these facts and i'll have them repeated to me by people that you know don't listen to anything when I tell them, but because it's been on some Netflix documentary, they're like, oh, Matt, did you know this? You know, I'm pretty sure my dad was talking about salmon recently and I was just like, cool, yeah, I mean... I mean, it's great. A little bit about that, Dad. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's thanks. good that it's good that people are engaged in it. Um, yeah, and that's kind of what I'm trying to do here with a book as well is trying to get people enter- entertain people and and give them something to kind of when they get these facts, it sticks with you a lot more because you're yeah. you're sort of. Um, I mean, with those documentaries, obviously, it's not in a as much in a positive way. It's more you're entertained in a sort of like a scared, kind of scared way. Whereas yeah, I guess my book is yeah. I'm trying to go with different. Uh, I'd rather be laughed into compliance. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping some people. I mean, I think scared works for some people, but I think mm-hmm. it doesn't work for 
everybody definitely doesn't work for everybody and so that's a tricky one to kind of balance it's also a world of absolutes which i think people yep. are drawn to because it's clear and it's black and white if yep. you watch those and you believe everything in it you go well then i can't eat an animal product again yeah and including uh, yeah. any seafood or any fish you like it's so black and white for you and i think people are drawn to that because it's like well it's clear what i do but actually it does sort of show a fundamental misunderstanding of self for most humans in the sense that absolute rules aren't often sustainable ways to live in terms of realistic ways to live it's why crash diets don't work it's why you know it it, it actually it's got that's not a that's a life overhaul it's not a small lifestyle change that incremental positive one thing that i have no idea about that it says in the book is that you say in terms of climate impact it's not that much more useful to be vegan than to be vegetarian that fascinated me yeah i mean obviously it is better to be vegan than vegetarian but the difference between moving from one to the other is nowhere near the difference between moving from say a heavy meat diet to a pescatarian diet like that that different people moving that that um, amount is much more important Totally, or going like or just, I might have beef once exactly. a month. Exactly, reducing. I have, yeah. yeah, so and it, I might have fish once a week, and I might have yeah. Um, so that that is that is the 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 the, the, place to, the main thing to start because it's the biggest impact you can have, and it's obviously the first thing you would do. You're not going to go from one extreme to the other extreme. Most yeah. people aren't. There are a few people that do, and then those people, as you say, can often become quite hard line about things and be yeah. like, "You can't if you care about climate change, you can't eat meat." And you're like, "What you're what by saying that and by putting that message out there, you're doing far more harm." I agree because then you've got like the people who. That you make people hate yeah. planty eaters because yeah, yeah. they they find them, you know, uh, earnest, smug, all of that, you know, definitive. It's it, it, anything. It, what's the word? Where you uh, divisive? Yeah. It's divisive. Exactly. Same as Brexit. Same as anti-vaxxers versus, you know, it's you. It, it, the world isn't that black and white. No. There's so much more nuance. Yeah. Yeah. And and so it's the same with you know a lot on climate change. It's the same as you see with the examples you've given. The world's very nuanced. People have different reasons for doing things. People have, you know, different approaches. Somewhere in the middle is often yeah. <laughs> often the truth. Um, but, you know, I think it's trying to give people information so that they can make their own decisions and they can understand roughly the different scales of what, you know, what, what you're talking about as well. And another fact in one of the other chapters that I give is that... Um, going i think vegan for two years so say you you just what you know all of a sudden switch from what you are you know say i'm someone that eats a, a sort of meat heavy diet to vegan for two years that same amount of carbon that you would you would save from uh f- from going vegan for two years is roughly equivalent to like one return flight from london to new york Fucking hell! Two years. So you know, ag- eating again, plant-based only. Yeah. So again, and it puts in context. Not go to New York. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. And obviously, the idea Fuck. would be like you don't trade these things off against each other. It's great if you no, don't no, do no. one and you don't do other. But at the same time, understanding what decisions you're making in your life, whether it is food, but whether it's other aspects of kind of related to climate change, getting the perspective on what's you know, the bigger impacts and what's the smaller impacts. I think people still don't quite 
grasp yeah. those things if you know what I mean and, and so hopefully and again that's kind of what I'm trying to do with the book is just get people a bit more information to make more informed decisions to, to put yeah. things in perspective that sort of thing Crumbs. I know Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I could talk for a million years, Matt. I find it so interesting. And I feel like the, we've learned so much more in terms of just what's been made mainstream knowledge as well. Mm -hmm. Not just, you know, it filters down from you in academia to us eventually, but things have come on at a real pace in the last, even since I started doing this podcast. Just in yeah, the last, access to I'd, say, I'd say since... Uh, Ooh, summer 2018 for me was when this all kicked off right and I, I mean I've been working on climate change for uh, what I don't know 12 30, 40, 13 years 14 years now wow. and um, and I only started doing comedy about it in the end of 2016 and then I'd, I'd done sort of yeah a show in 2017 a show in 2018 and then by 2019 everybody was talking about climate change by that summer you know yeah in terms of comedy even like uh, I, I say very briefly in the book you know in 2019 every comedian had a joke about climate change in their show which yeah. was not the case before at all and it's be it was just because it was part of you know the zeitgeist Public it was part psyche. of yeah. yeah and 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 it's really i think the first time there was one time in the mid 2000s um sort of 2006 2007 where it sort of started becoming part of the public psyche and then really dropped off the agenda because of probably well probably can't have been helped by the massive recession no i think but i think that probably made a bit of a difference and then there was a bit of sort of pushback from yeah. uh, shall we say vested interests around the world who didn't want people to be interested in solving climate change so there was really a kind of a, a, 
kickback then and it was probably a fairly easy kickback because we weren't seeing as much in terms of the impacts of climate change but what happened yeah. in 2018 was we had a uh, a massive drought because there was th- well we, there was three weeks sorry well, the, the, the drought happened in a few different places but the main thing was a heat wave for three weeks in the summer of 2018 I don't know if you remember it but there was it was I was, I was living probably not far from from you at the time um, in kind of south uh, east London and it was yeah. it was just unbearable for weeks like, you know you couldn't you could barely sleep at the night the pavement smelt like you were like the pavement smelt like it was melting it smelt of holidays yeah <laughs> it smelt of like yeah August Greece proper or, yeah. yeah but yeah, the UK is yeah, not like really designed designed yeah. for it you know we, we've not really got the the infrastructure or like yeah what do we do with our bins and you know our yeah. food bins and other things we like that and got that the time. attitude Matt really if I'm honest no. we? we whinge yep yep yeah I mean we whinge when things get really hot or cold and and yeah we've got the potential for things to get either much hotter or uh if there were some very extreme changes in the climate, like the slowing of the Gulf Stream, then you could end up with the UK also in winter becoming like, uh, you know, uh, Alaska or something like that is the other. Right. But it's unlikely that that's going to happen, but it is a sort of very high risk, uh, small probability th- uh, event that could happen where you end up right. with the UK having really hot summers and really, really cold winters. At the very least, we're going to have much hotter summers like we did in 2018. Because we've always been quite a temperate country historically. Yeah, absolutely. In the sense that we have, we do have a very different summer to winter. But within within a quite a narrow unextreme, exactly yeah, quite quite sort of centre ground temperature exactly and and the UK's buildings a lot of which are really quite old are not yeah. designed for anything that goes outside of that range so then you get problems yeah. when we do have heat waves with I'm not just talking about your front door starting to get all sticky <laughs> when it's swollen in the summer no like fully like falling down I hear you um, and and it's the same with again to talk about not to talk about COVID too much but it's it's the same with, you know, the elderly are the most at risk then because and people with, you know, heart conditions, other things yeah. are going to really struggle when it goes beyond what the buildings that they live in are designed to cope with, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty tr- tricky. Uh, and then you're fucking the climate again by trying to make your living spaces and workspaces a more hospitable temperature, right? With air conditioning and with heating. Well, that's the thing. What do you do? Like, yeah, you, you have to, you, you need renewables to be powering air conditioning to solve that yeah. problem. Otherwise, again, you're using more fuel, fossil fuels, which is definitely happening a lot more in, uh, you know, places in the Middle East that have to use a, a massive amount of air conditioning to, you know, just yeah. so that people can do stuff by yeah, staying inside and, out yeah. and get off the plane. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, there was a fact that I talk about in the book very briefly about how um, because of that heat wave um, in 2018, chips in the in the UK, uh, because potatoes didn't get enough water, chips were an inch shorter over the <gasps> on average over the, the following year. <laughs> and I was just like, that is not a world I want to grow, you know, my children to grow up in. <laughs> How are you meant to dip wee chips? A tiny wee chip. What, what are you going to do with wee chips? And uh, you know, and anyway, I won't, you, yeah. I'll, I'll let people read. I won't spoil the bit too much, but you know, I'm just talking about how big chips are like. You know, that's a joy. Really it's nice. one of the it's best really things great. you yeah, can yeah. get. Is I'm pretty yeah. sure I saw a thing 
on Twitter about some kid that had in maybe Liverpool or something had found like the biggest chip in the world recently. Oh yes, and people were giving him grief for it, saying he was he'd made it up or he'd photoshopped it or something. But I mean, he could have. I mean, who knows? But it's still, it's it's worth getting excited about, in my opinion. It is. Yeah, how lovely. Has your son got? A, it's a brilliant book. This is very off topic. Called the Enormous Potato. Oh. It made me think of that. It might be a nice Christmas present if not. Great. It's about a great big potato. And I can be like, this is and yeah. If climate, if we don't have climate change, we won't have like great big really potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Like basically a history book. This will just be a normal potato. Will be a great yeah. big potato. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I mean, I feel like we've done a, some very grown-up stuff there, and I'm going to ask you some bit slightly more nonsensey things. Cool, cool. But, um, as Christmas looms, I would love to know what your Christmas eating rituals are. Oh. Family. So, I. It's a bit of a mix now. So, my wife and her mum. I tend to. It depends where we are. Yeah. So Christmas kind of moves about sometimes. Um, my wife and her mum always like smoked salmon bagels mm, in the, brekkie. for brekkie with some champagne. Yes! And so... I like the sound of your wife and mother <laughs> So that is what I've had the last couple of, of years, mm. um, which I'm not against. I tend to no. go small on the champagne in the morning because mm-hmm. I feel like... I, I, I'm a, I'm nothing, a pace... Ma- nothing... Yeah. To be ashamed about a Bucks Fizz, I would say, yeah. in place of a full champagne. So I like to go as long as I can in Christmas Day. So I find yeah. that a lot of people peak far too early and end up really, you know, not having enough food and then drinking too much early on yes, and then yes. kind of getting tired and fall, once they've had their meal, falling asleep. I'm very yeah. much of a very little drink, as much as little drink as I possibly can, you know, a few, maybe one or two things. Yeah. You have something for breakfast and then you're kind of waiting probably for quite a while. You might have some yeah. crisps or something on the way and then you're waiting essentially until about... Quality street. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Whatever, somebody's giving you some quality street, great. Yeah. A few, but, but you're sort of living off of fumes for the next yeah. six hours, maybe. <laughs> quite literally off of sherry fumes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, lovely. And then, then it's the meal and you just, I try to have, eat as much as I possibly can yeah now again it depends where we are as to what i would have my Mm. parents and i go to my aunt's house sometimes for christmas and they often have like a big smoked salmon patty thing for like a starter wow wow yeah and a lot of there's a lot of salmon involved and then yeah and then is that the scottish way i don't know i guess I, i don't know i don't really know where it comes from um I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I don't think I could say it's a Scottish way. It just seems to be the oh, weird okay. thing that's done in our family. There's like a big kind of patty meal, or like a big course. Then you've got a soup course after that. Ooh. Yeah, often carrot and coriander soup. Get fucked. <laughs> I don't love that flavour soup. Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, at this point in time, I'm normally, I'll, I'll have the soup, it's fine. And then you're, yeah. and then you're going a big whatever it is, you know, you're just going everything. You're getting, you're yeah. getting turkey. You're getting often glazed ham. Oh, that's a Boxing Day or a Christmas Eve thing. Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah, a gammon. A gammon, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then lots of parsnips, Brussels sprouts, um, mashed potatoes. So there's always, at least, if it is at one of my, my aunt's house, 
um, my uncle's from Northern Ireland, so there has to be at least two or three different types of potatoes. Whoa, whoa, whoa! On the table, this is new to me. Yeah, what are we talking? All different types of what a russet, a King Edwards, and a not like a sweet potato. <laughs> no, um, I don't think we've had sweet potato on Christmas Day. No, I just mean in terms of you'd have you'd have roast potatoes, you'd have and mashed potatoes as options. Oh yeah. And then you're not. I mean, you're not going to have a baked mashed potato. Potatoes on Christmas Day. Yeah. No one's having a roast potato on Christmas. I mean, a baked, baked no, potato. No. No. And then occasionally, is there another one? I think there's just different types. Then, so some people like their their, you know, their mash different ways. So there's normally a yeah. few different mashes as well as some roasts. Wow. And then you've got lots of gravy, obviously. Um, the little sausage guys, pigs in blankets. Mashes. I mean, you've got mashes. you've got everything. Um, yeah. And but normally, then I have that, and then I start drinking heavily. Nice. And nice. try and last for as long as I can, and then really and then it's you know you're getting into it. By then, you're going into you know. I'd sometimes I'll have half a bottle of tea Maria by myself. Oh my. I really love to hear it. What a delicious choice of beverage. It's Christmas Day. I fucking love Tia Maria. Deeply underrated. Very underrated. And and on a, you know, you want something sweet. You want some, you know, yeah. you, it's a sweet day. It's a sweet, sweet day. So some chocolates and some Tia Maria and you're there, you're yeah. there, you're powering through. That's for when you're into getting into any games if you're a game. Exactly. Player. You need games small, sugary. Yeah saccharin drinks Big. that are quite high alcohol content really good games around then as yeah. well that's what you're after say scrum diddly umptious and then you can be in my podcast scrum diddly umptious talk to me about eating growing up were you picky or did you have someone cooking for you at home who's good at that oh yeah oh, let me see now, there's a couple of things here that I actually thought would be worth mentioning so mm. first of all my and catchphrase growing up was that I don't like last bites and my mum oh, yes. always says that Lovely. So this is always brought up to me all the time oh Matthew says doesn't like last bites so apparently that was what I did as a toddler I was always Aww. like no I don't have last bites and so always Fair refused enough. and I, I sort of took it into adulthood where yeah. I would always leave but is that because you were constantly being told one more bite finish the last bite you've got to eat what's on your plate even when you were like Ugh. I guess so but I don't feel like I was forced I wasn't one of, right. in the, one of those families that were like you have to finish everything on your yeah. you know, I think I was kind of given the option but I was mm-hmm. always like no I'll just leave it's better from and I don't know if I ever thought that it was better for my you know I'm just I won't have eaten quite as much so I won't feel as full or I won't put on as much yeah. weight if I just leave the last bite of every meal oh really you cared about that um, I, I don't know if I did or not or if it was just I really don't understand not as a toddler well not as a toddler but I think maybe taking it into sort of being a teenager in adulthood maybe mm. a sort of wow. being told that that was what I did then became part of it became part of what I, mm. what I did but no never picky really my brother and I are the least picky uh children you could ever imagine in terms of food so we would eat absolutely everything we were were often regaled with stories of us going on holidays with other families where like the other kids wouldn't eat food that was touching each other and we were like eating like a seafood platter together yay like your parents get to be so smug when you're yeah yeah i think really nice i think i think that they pretty much were so no, right. growing up very much would eat absolutely anything. Didn't like eggs until quite or mushrooms until quite recently. 
funny. Fine with them now, really. I mean, I still get, I get it. It's the text. I think it's the texture of both of them. Okay. Um, what, like a hard boiled egg is a bit yeah. too... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a bit wobbly. A Anything that's egg? a bit wobbly, I find uh, a little bit... the worst, is it, for you? Yeah, but now I'm fine. I just sort of... Right. I, I, I think I like everything, really. Um, ketchup wobbly is probably the only thing that I would put on a list of things that I detest. That's funny, because some people... Yeah, that's the only way they can enjoy yeah. loads of other things. I find that it ru- like in a way that it, I, I can't eat something if it's got ketchup on it. Right? Okay, crumbs. Like if somebody because some people just put ketchup Is on it things. The sweetness or yeah, the sour? The sweetness or the combined. Yeah. It's the sweetness. Too sweet and too doesn't taste like tomato to me. So it tastes like yeah. something unnatural, and I don't. Yeah. I, and the sweetness of it kind of just makes me. So, so 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 sometimes you know people will have leftover things or whatever it is in the, or a breakfast where they're like oh do you want some of this and I'm like I can't I can't touch I don't I actually would quite like to eat this but if you hadn't put any ketchup on it um I'd have been able to do that the other thing that I thought was worth mentioning was that I in primary school what year was that so primary six so I would have been maybe 10 years old mm. I starred in our primary school play, which was called Jimmy on the Road to Super Health. <laughs> uh, so we're talking mid mid nineties here. Why is that tickled me? <laughs> I can't see it with a title like that being straight to a transfer to the Royal Court. <laughs> and I played the... T- did it get a Western? No, I don't think we did, no. I don't think we Jimmy did. Jimmy on the road to super And I played the titular Jimmy. And right. I remember Good. having to do a soul of food, glorious food right. at one point. And I don't remember any other part of what that play was or what it involved. Or like, yeah. I'm quite intrigued. I, I, I don't know... Where do schools get these plays sometimes? I know. Like, Fuck me. Is somebody writing them for like primary yeah. schools or is yeah. yeah. Someone's doing that for money. Or I just I not just much as, money, I imagine. Could they not just put on cats or something like that? Yeah. You know. <laughs> just take And actually the dancing would have caused Jimmy quite a lot of super exactly. help. Oh, so I don't no. know what Jimmy I, I genuinely wish that I could regale you with like what there must have been other songs in it or there must have been other Beautiful. I don't know if like someone was playing a sausage or something. Surely there must have been something (laughs) like that. I can't remember. All I remember is that I was the main part and I had to sing Food Glorious Food. Yeah. And again, I don't, I can only remember the first two lines of it. I wonder if some of your fellow pupils are dressed as vegetables. Yeah. That's what I'm imagining happened. Well, if they do make time travel accessible, I know where I'm going back to and it's seeing you. And, and Jimmy, surely that's uh, led to, to you know me then doing comedy one day and then me yeah. you know t- talking to you here on a podcast about food about yeah. a book about and it's all come yeah, from yes. you know me doing a food based play at the age of ten years old treading the board yeah absolutely really fun um, oh I love it um, if you've got a hangover what are you having oh um, I once had a hangover coming back on a flight from China. Oh, goodness. Um, quite a while ago now. And was introduced by the air steward to uh, 
Body Marys. Oh, they, they made them on the way. <laughs> and I just, I just sat and for whatever it was, ten hours and drank a few of those and felt absolutely terrific. Um, that is the way to go, actually. I mean. It's not a long-term solution. No, it's a really bad solution. You're meeting, yeah, you're yeah, yeah. meeting, you know. No, you can, so there's two options. There is, there is, you, you do yeah, that, yeah, which isn't, so as you say, it's not a long-term sustainable solution. So as someone that is into sustainability. <laughs> promote that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think water, have lots of water. in the past, I, I would have been, being from the west of Scotland, I would have said, uh, a roll and square sausage and potato yeah. scone um, with brown sauce on it and a bottle That's of iron no brew. Oh, lovely. Full, full fat orange iron brew. Yeah, 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 yeah. No sugar free. So I'm, brew, I, I, although my, my Scottish accents, maybe it depends where you're from. It's not the strongest Scottish accent in the world, but I, I do have very much West of Scotland sensibilities when it comes to mm. eating awful food because um, it's just, <laughs> it's just great. Really delicious. But now yeah. I think I, I mean, you can't get square sausage where I live in England now, and I'm I am trying to not eat as much meat. So you can get amazing veggie versions of those things in Scotland now, though. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. from just above Glasgow, and I, like the veggie black pudding, yes. and veggie haggis is. I actually oh, had a really bad veggie haggis when I went no. to because I was at COP twenty six in Glasgow for the first week yeah. at the event uh, in the kind of the main zone and they had different food and you know so in the places where you could get lunch and I thought well you know I'm at this event I should really try and make sure that I eat as sustainably as possible and so I did have the veggie haggis one day and it was absolutely rotten compared to oh no like compared to ones that i've had before like i do oh, like no. a good veggie haggis yeah um but it was really bad and I, I, mm. other people seem to like it but i think once you've had really good ones you can tell yeah. when they're not great you set your bar too high um, but yeah black pudding as well i mean yeah oh Yummy. just so good A jellyfish stings a jelly baby and turns it into an evil mutant world smasher-upper and it's a really bad, oddly filmic apocalypse. Luckily, it's agreed to stop it and go back to being a normal, everyday jelly baby and jellyfish that have nothing to do with each other, but only if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, agree to climb up and down all the trees in Norfolk and tap the top off each one on the head, one after another, without a break, all the while uh, humming jingle bells. It sounds impossible, but you do it. You're a hero. You saved us all from a horrible, in fact, especially horrible for you, jelly-centric apocalypse, um, wibbly-wobbly apocalypse, um, uh, by doing a physical feat that was obviously absolutely exhausting and your mouth was busy, so you couldn't have any snacks because you were too busy humming jingle bells. So you are as hungry as it's possible to be but because your reward is the adulation of all people for all time you're also as happy as it's possible to be what would be the feast of your dreams in this situation it's the opposite of a last meal you couldn't be happier you couldn't be hungrier this is a fantasy feast so actually i don't care i'm afraid about consequences of the climate or health or anything not interested i want this to be the absolute most joyful situation possible for you. What would you eat? What would you drink? And if you'd like to add a who with and where, you're very welcome to add a who with and where. Oh, that is a terrific question. Um, I really would quite like some jelly babies now. Great. Um, yeah, great, great you. sweet 
really good great sweet. Uh, classic i mean there aren't that many bad sweets but it's a, it's a good one um no the who where and when not important fine okay really not Lovely. important Love to hear it um Lovely. i i think actually i would like it to be regardless of what the food is to be in a an indian restaurant Lovely. Like I just like being in an Indian restaurant, and I hear you. It's quite a specific energy and the, yeah. air vibe, isn't it? It's yeah, great. yeah. So really, and everybody's sitting around a big table, just some fr- friends and family. Fine, great. Um, what are we having now? Oh, I could have prepared. I could have spent days preparing for this answer. I wish I had. I, 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 um. Crab oh, yeah. is going to be the starter. Um, just, just, cra- just cr- like for some crab claws. Um, maybe a bit of mayonnaise, something like that. So we're going seafood for a starter, and I'm going to go actually crab claws and white bait. That's what I'm eating for a starter. Mm, amazing, yum. Because um, yeah, I, I'm a very much of the of the sea. Then, what are we doing for a main meal? Hmm. Now, back in the day, I would have said a ribeye steak because it is. Well, the you th- can again if you like. Yeah. Or do you want, as this is a fantasy feast, to have the first lab-grown yes. ribeye steak that tastes exactly? Yep. That's good. That's what, that's, that's, that's what I'm having. That's what you're going to get. With some uh, potato, uh, dof, dof, dolphin potatoes, dolphin wires or whatever they're called. Yeah, got it. Some of those. Whatever. I know what you mean. They're sliced up, aren't they? Yeah, they're creamy and great. delicious. Yeah. And a ribeye. Um, I'll cook it myself. Yeah. I'm not, wait, I'm not nice to hear. letting anyone else great. touch it. Great. And... And then I'm having a cheese plate. Great. <laughs> Why is that so funny? I say I'm having a cheese plate. And I'm having a cheese. I'm having a cheese. I'm just I'm doing got, it. I'm going to say it really similar mouth. Yeah. I am really impressed by your choice of dinner. Great. That, is there? Have you got a specific cheese that must be included on that? Um, on the plate, you're going to have to have a Stilton of some sort. Um, yeah. Okay. Nothing too. Uh, I'd, I'd say it's probably going to be French or British. Okay. Um, nothing too wet of a blue. Uh-huh. No, um, none of those sloppy Italian. No, no thanks. Um, a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of something on it. What What would you have on it? Like a little bit of... Um, what do you call the stuff that's like... Quince? Yeah, something like that. Like a little touch of that. Not much. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to have... A good cheddar on there somewhere, and then just yeah. I'm just in, I'm just you know surprise me, give me some. Che- I yeah. want cheese from wherever you wherever you've got yeah, cheese. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then I'm probably having an espresso and some 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 Tia Maria after that, haven't I? Yes, I'm glad Tia Maria came back for the end. I think we're having it. I think we're going for... We're certainly having something at the end of it, just to round it all off. I think we're going for a Tia Maria. If they didn't have that, maybe an amaretto of some sort or... I love amaretto. Or a lemoncello. But I think we'll go Tia Maria just to... 
Yeah. They're going to have that because remember, it's a fantasy. Oh, they've got it. Great, 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 great. great. No, I'm it. glad to hear that then. Mmm. Delicious. What a lovely man. Get his new book. It's so funny as well as wise. Um, it's called Hot Mess and he's called Matt Winning. It's available from all the normal book selling holes and he's on Twitter um, being very funny and a clever clogs. Um, simply he's at Matt Winning, one word. Everything interesting we mentioned as ever is linked to in the podcast notes, which I will have poured over. So do use them. Come and see me do some stand up if you like. I'm working up a new show, which I'm pretty confident I'm going to call Wench. Um, or any other gig there's a list of all my gigs and tickets to get to come and come to them at my website jessicafosterkey.com that's also where you'll find links to both the preview on the 6th of february but also the hoovering live that i'm doing on the 5th of february at half past five at the leicester comedy festival perhaps if you are wondering what to get somebody for our christmas prezi you could get them tickets to one of my previews or to the Leicester Comedy Festival hoovering live or my preview there okay cool feel free to support the podcast with five star reviews recommendations in person over the phone do people use a phone anymore on the Twitter um, in the Instagram why is it on Twitter and in the Instagram anyway or if you want you can support us with actual money go to ACAS supporter or Patreon links to those things as well are in the podcast notes I'd love it if you just followed us on the socials at the hoovering pod follow me directly if you like at Jessica Foster Q I post a lot of doing PE between the jokes weightlifting mainly anyway longer than a tweet you want to get in touch you want to send me an email tickets to see any of these live things I've just wanged on about again use my website jessicafosterq.com huge thanks to ACAST for hosting the podcast hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway until next week happy hoovering here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.